him for the Bible study, A and M three six one, S S and S six one six, A and M three six one, S S and S six one six. just begin to talk to God this morning. We are about to go into our classes for the Bible study. And today, beyond the issue of revival of God in your life, 
We want to see the impact of revival in this society and God using you as an instrument. Can you ask God to minister to you through this Bible study? It will not just be a routine, one of the activities of the church for the year. Father, our hearts are open unto you this morning. We plead, Lord, that you do not pass us by. This moment in your presence as we sit at your feet, Lord, touch our hearts. Open our eyes to the deep things, to the mysteries of your word. The scripture says that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Lord, may we receive a new life through your word that will go out to impact our society. Blessed be your holy name. Every vessel you use in the classes, the facilitators, there'll be instruments of good works in your hand. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Please, let's go to our classes. Please, we are taking numbers one to three. The questions for discussion, just one to three for today. Amen. I know we are blessed in our classes. Thank God for the study. We want to take one or two pressing questions. So if you have a question you want to ask, I'd like you to raise your hand. Maybe we'll just take one or two. Okay, from our classes, any question that is not addressed or something that is bothering you or you need clarification from the study, just raise up your hand and God will help us to attend to that. Sorry, I didn't look at the choir seat. I didn't expect it to come from there. Okay, that's question one. Any other one? Okay. Let's take that. Oh, two. Why again? Any other? Okay, let's take the two. As a, a young convert that is filled with the Holy Spirit, I give my life to Christ today, and I'm filled today. Does anything stop me from launching out to, you know, spread the, 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 spread the revival? Is there anything stopping me as a believer who gave his life to Christ today and filled today? Is there anything stopping me from launching out? Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay, daddy. I remember that when um, in the 80s, when I gave my life to the Lord, late 80s, um, when we read Ezra chapter 10, verse 1, I remembered those days. And I'm asking, we don't see, we don't use, we don't see those things now. We don't experience it now in our worship. Which things? In Ezra chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Now, while Ezra was praying and while he was confessing, weeping, and bowing down before the house of God, a very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel, for the people wept very bitterly. Not just about our church. I'm talking about in the body of Christ. We don't see these experiences anymore. Why? Thank you, sir. Okay. 
Yes, can we answer the questions? Who help us? The first one, as a new convert, someone that just gave his life or her life to Christ, is there anything that can limit you? Is there anything that will withhold you, keep you back from spreading the revival? And then the second question, the response we saw from Ezra in the book of Ezra chapter 10 verse 1, why are we not experiencing such today, even in the church? Who is up? Okay. Hallelujah. I think the problem we have today is that the, the love of many is waxing cold. For which of the questions are you answering now? The one that they raised. And in okay. our churches today, people preach more of prosperity. That is the problem we are facing. The revival that people experienced in the past is no longer there. So that's why in, here in our church, we have gone back to God to revive our nation. That is what we need. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, my Yes. Okay, sir. Let me attempt the first question. Um, okay. Let's, since we started with question two, is there any other person? Let's settle in question, question two, two first. In question two. Okay. Uh, the, our heart is now strong. We don't, we don't, like the, the word of God was read and they accepted with all their hearts and they were, they were ready to give the Lord everything. But now, our heart is too strong. Our mind is so occupied with a lot of things, children, everything. Somebody wants to just, you want to graduate, you want to gain money, you want to go to school, you want to burn a lot of things in our heart. And forgotten that when we first of all give the Lord all we have, all those things shall be added unto us. So if our heart can be melted down, if the Lord will give us that heart of flesh, like those days when we accept the world with all totality and not with a lot of burdens in our heart, that, day, that, that cry, like the book of Ezra, will still return. Okay, thank you, sir. He's talking about our priorities. At times, we've gone seeking after other things, and we've left the kingdom, and therefore, our hearts have been hardened. Yes? Any other comments to question two? Yes, let's take that last one now. Okay? Hallelujah. The reason... I see is that some of us have become so familiar with the word of God. I mean, we hear it every day. It's not a new thing to us again. We are just, it's just common to us, as in, we take it as common. And if God is really not helping us, if God do not revive our soul back to him again, I think it will still be the problem over familiarity with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, ma. Okay, can we look at the question two? Question one, yes. Question one. Okay. Okay, give him. Then you come back to our brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, for question one, if somebody gives his life to Christ, can he launch out? Of course, yes, he can. One of the most uh, important message is about your personal experience with God. If somebody, I know uh, when I was in Nifesen, UNN, I uh, a one, one man, a, a brother, you know, and then what he used to preach because people knew him that he was a bad person, very terrible person, and God helped him. He became born again. So at first, he would not tell you, you know me now, you know what I have done, and you know me now. If God can do this thing for me, he can do it for you. But, uh, you know, what you need to do, 
if you give your life to Christ, apart from doing that, sharing your personal experience, is to be trained. Like Bible talk about making disciple. There are a lot of things you cannot do until uh, you know there are a lot of things you cannot even preach because you need training. You need training. That's why if after somebody coming out, uh, the church will tell the person follow up. That does not mean the person cannot preach if he steps out. But following up means that you learn more, you grow. That does not mean once you give your life, you have grown. You can't preach, but you need to grow more until Christ is fully formed in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's take one more contribution. Okay, are you okay with that? All right, praise the Lord. So we thank God for the questions and the contributions. We see that from the second question, talking about what, okay, daddy. Okay, which one? The first question? The, the first one. Now, that's following the example of Saul of Tarsus, the woman at the well. Once you've given your heart to Christ, go ahead. Go ahead. The encouragement is talk about Jesus every day. Do you know everything? No, you don't. Let me confess, I don't know everything either. So, will your teaching necessarily be 100% accurate? It may not be. Jesus was described as the son of Joseph when Philip was talking to Nathaniel. That's not accurate, but the Holy Spirit still brought him to the Lord. So, I encourage you, you that will give your heart to Christ today, today, begin to share Jesus. Tomorrow, share Jesus. And on Wednesday, come for follow-up Bible class. Amen. Okay, we thank God for that. So, we'll see. The woman, just come and see the person that told me everything I've ever done. Just that simple. From the point of giving your life to Christ, just like the story our brother narrated, you can start. And our work with God is a progressive work. We grow on daily basis. And one thing we're witnessing, it also puts a check on you. There are some lifestyles you can't live again among some certain, uh, certain set of people because you preach to them. So let it also serve as a check for you. And then, from the second question, we are seeing that there are many things that would have contributed to that. I rather talked about the kind of messages we listen to, our priorities, and many other things. And that is why we are going back to the theme, Lord, revive thy work. And starting from us, and today we are seeing that it should go beyond us to the end of the world as the scope of the revival. So if the revival starts among us, it should not be a chap the chapel of his resurrection type of revival. It shouldn't end in this church. We are so happy. God is doing great things in our lives. And then in our offices, in our villages, we are seeing all kinds of atrocities. People that still profess the name of the Lord in the church. But outside, we are living a different kind of lifestyle altogether. In our offices, nothing is showing that we are Christian. Nothing is showing that a Christian is heading a department. Nothing is showing that a Christian is a leader of this group. Nothing is showing that in my village, there is even somebody that is born again. That is why we are talking about the essence, the scope. Where should this revival start from? Where will it end? Habakkuk, from where we took our team, says that until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord fills the earth as the waters covers the sea. So we are so happy. God has started doing great things in our lives. 
but may it not end in this church. May it start from your house. May it start in Judea. It will get to Samaria and to the utmost part of the world. It will not end in a place. It should start from somewhere. And one of the commitments that we have to make is that this revival that God is reawakening in my heart, going back to the Ezra experience, will not end in me. It will not end in my church. It will not end in my family. And then we are seeing the impact of a genuine revival. One of the classes actually talked more about the genuineness of the revival. But there are so many things we see around us at times when people come and preach and some glorious, some miracles and other things started happening. They take that as revival. It's, we are talking about genuine revival. And from the book of Second Chronicles chapter 31 verse 1, our anchor text, we saw they broke all their idols. And you know one thing? It started from Judah. They went to Benjamin. They went to Manasseh. So it sparked off a kind of chain reaction. So even as we are saying this, you go back to your office and God is using you to bring about revival in that office. Still don't rest. That is not all. It should spread forth. They broke it. They didn't go back. They didn't say, okay, let's put it aside. Let's leave it for this season. Let's leave it for this year until we are done with this thing. They broke that so they won't go back to it. And that was also the experience in Acts of the Apostles. And what we see again in the book of Jonah, the Bible said that when Jonah preached, the first sign we noticed there is that they believed God. It's not this message doesn't really make sense to us. These Christians have started again. When people begin to hold God to his word, when people will not make jest of the word of God, that is a sign, an indicator of a genuine revival. And then also we are seeing people confess their sins, they repented, they gave up all they've been doing. And that is also an indicator, a mark of genuine revival. And also, very importantly, the word of God prevailed. The word of God grew mightily. So, if I gather a group of people and I'm trying to extend this revival to them, but I still joke with the issue of the word of God, I'm not getting it right. So, there are practical ways, impact of revival in our society. And then also, for us, having seen how important it is that righteousness is restored in our environment, in our society, through genuine revival, we have a role to play. We have a role to play. Ezra cried. He wept. He prayed. In the place of groaning, he cried unto God. He groaned. He said, Father, help us. He was perturbed of what was happening in his environment. Some of us, as far as I'm living comfortably in my house, as far as my Christianity is good, in quote, I don't care what is happening around me. But Ezra was disturbed. Are we bothered of the kind of atrocity in our offices, in our villages, in our society, 
are we disturbed? Or we just take it as one of those things? He was disturbed and that led him to the place of prayer. And the truth is that any revival that will tarry, that will last, must be backed up with prayer. Every revival that must last, any revival that must be genuine, must be backed up with prayer. And what should be our role? We'll see in the book of Jonah chapter 3, Jonah arose. And that was the second time the word of God was coming to him. And maybe God has been nudging you since this year started. All, all this why since you gave your life to Christ. Go out. Do this for me. Preach to this person. Talk to this brother. Talk to this sister. And you've been given reasons. Maybe you've seen how terrible Nineveh is. You've seen how terrible our country is. It's almost look as if it's irredeemable. That may put you off. But this time around, Jonah arose. He obeyed. Will you arise from today's meeting and go back and begin to impact your society? Will you drop every form of excuses? It may look so good. Will you drop all forms of over-familiarity with God? Jonah felt he has known God very well. In short, I know you as a merciful God. If I preach, they will repent. Therefore, I don't want to go. But when all those things were over, the Bible said that he arose. You need to rise up. And then, you need to preach. There are people that God has prepared. There are hearts that are already prepared for harvest. But the Bible said they can't be saved unless someone will preach to them. And God is sending you out today to go and minister to them. Beloved, our society, our environment, we need to experience the knowledge of God. But God wants to use you. God wants to use me to do this. On Wednesday, God will help us. We'll be looking at some of the things that can hinder us from doing this effectively. And God will also help us to see the benefits of this revival in the society. I pray that you not miss out on Wednesday Bible study. And as you come, come with your Bible study outline. God will help us. Let's bow down our heads as we begin to pray. Can you talk to God? Can you tell God, Father, my society will experience genuine revival. This revival you've started in me, it will not die in me. It will not end in my family. And good enough, God has empowered us to be witnesses. Can you pray and ask God, Father, I will be an agent of revival. Almighty God, Almighty God, our generation shall praise your name. 
commitment unto God. Our role for this revival, you can go, you can groan, it may take some things from you, you can give, you can go to preach. Can you make a commitment and a pledge to God? Father, it's starting from me. Can you identify someone, maybe in your office, in your family, in your village, and say, Father, I'm starting from here. And the truth is that all that we need for life and godliness, God has provided them for us. Can you make a pledge unto God and say, Father, I'm taking off starting from this meeting. In the name of Jesus. Our Father, we give you thanks and praise because... It has always been about you. Father, we give you thanks because you have reminded us that we are the branches and that you are the true vine. Thank you, Lord, because we know that on our own we are able to do nothing. Father, help us, O Lord. Even as you have renewed grace and strength unto us this morning, Lord, may we run with it in the name of Jesus. Father, put in our hearts compassion, for that was what Jesus had that made him do so much. Father, indeed, help us to have compassion for our brethren, for the church, for our society. That we may realize that there is no time for us to run into the dying world and restore souls. Father, thank you as you find us worthy to do this work to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.